Hey, good morning, Glenn. How are you? Good morning, Andrew. It is great to uh, to be here with you. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, what are you drinking this morning? I am drinking out of my University of Maryland alumni mug, some of uh, Starbucks finest, and I didn't have to wait online to get it this morning because I brewed it myself downstairs in uh, in my house. That's amazing. They don't give us those at Eastern, but I've got the same thing. All right, let's do? get into okay. the show. Let's do it. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing and Coffee. Today, we have Glenn Rudin on the show with us today. Uh, Glenn, for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about the Message Master. Well, good morning. Thanks again for uh, for the warm introduction, Andrew. I really, really appreciate it. Look, 90% of the people that I come in contact with struggle with their message. What does that mean? How they introduce themselves what is their personal brand? How does the world get to know them, like them, and trust them? These are the things that I help my clients and potential clients understand about themselves, how important it is to be a great communicator and have a crystal clear message about who you are and what you do so the world can resonate with it and figure out the best ways to interact with you. And I love helping people do that. So this was really a con because I'm terrible at communicating. So I'm just trying to get everything from you for free. So this isn't really a podcast. I hate to break the news to you now. Should <laughs> so, I walk off I'm, the set now? <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. No, it's for me, you know, I grew up, I grew up in a not very busy, savvy family. So it took me a long time to learn how to communicate properly, especially going into my first like sales when I was first starting to contract. So I think this is a very valuable skill that anybody can learn. Oh, my goodness. Of course it is. Now, listen, you know, is everybody going to become the greatest orator in the world? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, there is something to, um, you know, uh, a born talent to be able to do that. But if you're well-practiced and you understand some of the keys and the secrets to doing it, you can get much more confident than if you're just winging it, which is what most people do, Andrew. They just show up and whatever comes to their mind at that moment, or more the case, what doesn't come to their mind is what ends up spilling out of them. And it's obvious there's a lack of preparation there. So anybody can be really good at this. And some people can be just fantastic. I think that kind of speaks into uh, speaking with purpose. How is that important for somebody who is trying to get a point across, whether that's in a meeting, whether that's in a class? Well, it's all, you know, for me, I love using the word uh, intentionality, just being intentional with what you're trying to do. In other words, you know, regardless of where you are showing up today, if it's one-on-one -on -one and it's you and I working together, that might be a little bit of a different scenario. We're not in a sales aspect here. But knowing where you're going and what you can provide to that audience in advance, thinking that, about that and thinking it through enables you to come up with a much less cluttered mind in terms of the communications that you want to make and the impression that you want to leave with the people you're coming in contact with. So again, it's, it's forethought. It's thinking before you get there, not when you get there. I mean, you know, very often 
if you go to one of these networking groups live, or even if you go to something virtual, right, you can see the smattering of people either up on the screen or people sitting around in a, in a horseshoe in a conference room. And you know, inevitably, it's going to come to you. Now, if you haven't thought about what you want to say before it gets to you, and then it gets to you, of course, you're going to be more nervous. Of course, you're going to be fumbling for your words and your thoughts. But if you put a little time into that before you get there, you're going to be in a position where you're watching it go around that circle. You know it's going to come to you, and you can't wait for your turn. And that mindset shift makes a huge difference for anybody that's trying to be really good at this. So there are a number of areas where communication is extremely important in business. Uh, what areas do you tend to focus on? Is it in you know the hiring process, in you know sales, et cetera, et cetera? Right. Okay. So for for me, I focus on communications in two key areas. The first one would be in the business world. So here is where you would be creating your classic elevator pitch or your classic networking storytelling so that you can feel comfortable speaking about what it is you're hoping the world will want to hear more from you about. On the other side of the coin for me is improving the communication skill, uh, in particular with the audience that includes students, people who are looking to uh, start out in the business world, who, who are going out for their first jobs and need to now impress uh, employers in interviews. And it's a slightly different communication skill because there you're selling the product of you, but the uh, overall goal is the same. We're really in both of those cases trying to create interest. So the person listening becomes engaged and can't help but want to hear more. That's really what all of this is about is really about creating engagement and resonance with the audience so that the person you're speaking with, whether it's a group or an individual in an interview, thinks, gee, that, that person sounds interesting. That point was interesting. I want to hear more. I want to hear more from them. I want to ask them more questions about what they just said. So one of the things that you mentioned a little earlier on is the elevator pitch. Uh, what is an elevator pitch for somebody who's not familiar with it? Great, great question. And, and I would say that the younger crowd who might be hearing this might not be familiar with that. And, you know, there's there's a difference between a business elevator pitch and a personal elevator pitch. But let's go to the overall concept. It, it comes from the idea that if you stepped on an elevator and somebody else was on that elevator and you were going to have a quick conversation with them, the doors would close, and maybe it takes about 20, 30, 40 seconds for that elevator, depending on how quickly it moves, to move from one floor to another before the doors open again. And the, the idea is, what could you say in those 30 seconds that would have the person who's with you on that elevator say, wow, that's really interesting, can we both step off? I'd like to hear more. Or how can I get in touch with you for more information? As opposed to the other person on the elevator saying, Jay, I can't wait till the doors open and I can get off because I don't know what that person's speaking about. So in, in essence, it's a roughly 30 to 35 second short story about something that you do 
that will create an interest level on the part of the person that you're speaking to. So let's break that down a little bit. What are some of the important parts of an elevator pitch for somebody to uh, keep in mind? Outstanding question. There, there are three key components to an outstanding elevator pitch. Now, the way I teach my clients as a, as a coach, the way I teach this in, uh, in groups that, uh, that come to me for group coaching on this is that the first and most important part of an elevator pitch, and before I get to that, let me just take a step back. You've got to be ready to be doing that elevator pitch before you ever start speaking. What does that mean? Your appearance your posture, how you're feeling about yourself, the vibration that you're giving off that you feel good about you and what you're about to say and what you're doing. Because we as human beings, we, we get those vibrations. We can feel whether or not you feel good in your own skin and feel comfortable and confident in what you're about to do. So let's assume for the moment that everybody that's hearing this gets that, that before that elevator door opens, they're going to take that deep breath, confidently step on the elevator and have a presence about them. Now, the first thing that happens with an elevator pitch, once that's all good, the first words coming out will be your opening, Andrew. And there's nothing more important than your opening. It's about eight or 10 seconds or 30% of your elevator pitch. And you need to open strong. Now, I will tell everybody that, that listens to me, we don't care what your name is. We don't care what your company is or what school you're from. We don't care about any, or where you live for sure, because we're not buying into any of those things. And the chances of my saying that I grew up in Fairlawn, New Jersey, and somebody saying, oh, Fairlawn, that sounds familiar to me, are slim and none. So the opening with the opening, the way I teach it is I'd love you to have a fact or a question right at the top. So as an example, for me, based on the things that I do with messaging. Did you know that 90% of the people that I come in contact with struggle with some portion of their messaging or their branding or the way that they speak about themselves to their audience? If you I didn't know that. Yeah. There Tell you me go. a little bit more about that. Thank you. If you're amongst that group, then there's great news for you because I can help you resonate, feel comfortable and confident in the way to do this. I've created systems where you and I will work together and develop facts and figures about yourself that will resonate with your potential audience so they truly understand the nature of what you do and how you can help them. I'm Glenn Rudin. I'm a coach, consultant, and I specialize in branding and messaging. And you can get in touch with me via email or Instagram. The point is, in that opening, by stating a fact that may include a big portion of my audience, it does a couple things. One, it shows I've done research on the topic. Two, it shows that there's a really good chance that you or somebody that you know is included in that group. So using the fact, or sometimes I'll use a question, did you know, or I'll just say, fact, 90% of the people I come in contact with struggle with their message, their pitch, or some portion of their branding communications about themselves. So by doing that, I've now pulled people in, people start thinking, you know what, that's me, that includes me. Now, if it doesn't include them, if they're amongst the 10% that it doesn't include, 
you can bet that somebody that they know is terrible at doing this and they'll listen in just to think, you know what, I don't need your help, but so-and-so does. And the idea when you do this is not that every single person in the room or up on the screen, if you're doing a virtual call, is going to immediately flock to your inbox. But if a few people resonate with you, then you know you've done a good job. Then you know you've done a good job. And keep in mind, depending on what it is you do, depending on the sensitive nature of it, let's say, uh, if it's something that is of an embarrassing nature, people might not be willing to raise their hands publicly and say, hey, that, that's me. But again, the point will resonate with them. And they'll say, gee, I'm not going to say anything about this to Glenn or to Andrew publicly, but I'm going to get their information down and get in touch with them because that point really did resonate with me. I love that point about leading with a question. Um, how important is it for somebody to find a connection or find some small thing that you can connect with another person about before, you know, starting that pitch or getting into that conversation? Well, it's a great question. And and look, you know, if you're going out and it, it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one sale, or if you happen to be a student and you're going to be interviewing with, you know, with some, you know, corporation where you can do the research ahead of time and you know you can come up with some information that's going to resonate with the person. Maybe you could look at a company's last quarter results. Maybe you could look at, you know, a potential, you know, employer, you know, a, a, a post that they've done publicly to show that you've taken time to get to know, you know, about them. If it's about a company, how did their last product launch go? In other words, you're showing that you've got an interest beyond just impressing somebody at the interview. And now you're showing somebody that you're someone who is willing to take the time to get into it with them. Now, if you're going to a networking meeting and you're it's stone cold in terms of who is going to be there, then you might want to go out and find a couple of topical, non-political, non-controversial things that are going on in the world that day and, and just use one of those to get the conversation started. You know, maybe something, uh, you know, along the lines of, hey, you know, I, you know, I noticed that, uh, you know, uh, Houston won the World Series. This, you know, do you care about sports? Is that something that matters to you? Or, you know, something along those lines, again, just to break the ice, get the conversation started. Me? Oh, and I'm not speaking for myself. I am a sports fan, but somebody might say, oh, I'm not into sports at all. I said, you know, I get that. And, and as I'm getting older or as I'm getting more evolved, I'm realizing that to me, it's not as much about the sport, but the way the sport markets itself. You know, again, a way to create engagement. I will say this, the, the last thing in the world that you ever want to do in one of those, uh, again, cold situations where you don't know anybody, please take off your sales hat. Nobody at one of these networking meetings is coming with their checkbook uh, or with their uh, Apple wallet and looking to hand it to you and pay for something. And nothing, nothing is worse than when someone feels like they're being sold like that. For us, I feel like just building that connection ahead of time always yields more sales in the long run. Because when you, you try to sell right away, you're going to burn that bridge. But if you actually get to know somebody, get to know their business and what they need, and then six months, a year down the line, you know, you decide to offer that service, you're much better likelihood that you're going to make that sale. It doesn't make sense to go in and just cold pitch somebody you just met. 
It, it doesn't. And, and you know, if you haven't heard this before and, and you're hearing me, hearing me now for the first time, th this is the key to that, Andrew. We as human beings buy from people that we know, that we like, and that we trust. And when you're meeting somebody for the first time, you certainly can't trust them. You certainly don't know them. You may start to like them if it's a good, positive conversation. How long does it take to get you as an individual from being liked to being known to being trusted? It could be three or four meetings. It could be a meeting and it could be two or three emails. It, it could be a couple of text messages. It could be anywhere from five to, let's even say 15 on the high end, communications back or forth before somebody gets to understand that you're not just looking at them as the next sales target, but that you really want to get to know them as a person and really get to understand what their needs are before you sell them from your perspective. And keep in mind, when we're doing this, whether it's an elevator pitch or a sales call, it's always got to be about what's in it for them, what's in it for the audience, what's in it for the potential customer. We all know what's in it for you. You're going to make a sale. You're going to get a commission. You're going to get a trophy. You know, whatever, you're going to get a job. If all those things are great for you, and we all inherently know ultimately that's what it's about, but we want to know that you really care more than just getting the commission check. And you're going to find that you've got much longer term relationships built up with people when you do it that way. You might not get the commission check as soon. And of course, look, you know, we all have to be able to make the money that we need to make. But the sooner you can establish that no like and trust set of facts for yourself, the sooner that it's going to start to pay dividends. And when somebody does get to trust you, no like and trust, when they get to trust you, not only are they a potential customer. But then you become somebody that someone else is willing to refer you to. And that's really where the gold is. Because again, if, if, if I get to trust and like somebody, I'm connected on LinkedIn with thousands of people. I'm connected with thousands of people here in the New York area where I live. So now if I know you, like you, and more importantly, trust you because I've seen the work you do, I won't have a problem with either thinking to myself, hey, Andrew would be a great guy to introduce to this person or that person, but I'll also feel comfortable because we have a relationship now with you saying, hey, I was on your LinkedIn and I noticed that you're connected with this person. Could I just ask a favor? Would you mind doing a little bit of a warm introduction for us? It goes down so much easier when it's like that than when people just you get these cold emails or people just immediately start approaching you about wanting to buy something and you're like, buy something? I'm going to buy something from you. You're a total stranger. That was a great point, Glenn. I have one last question for you today. Um, I hate to do a hard pivot like this, but I do want to get to this topic. Um, talking about college students and recent grads who are trying to get a job, what are some common mistakes that you see them make when going into the interview process? And what are some ways that you know they can improve upon their communication skills? It's a it's a great question and it's a great point. Um, first and foremost. Put down your phone and start getting comfortable with interpersonal communication. Now, that sounds like an obvious, but it's not so obvious. I've, I've been on a lot of campuses and I notice how shy students can be today because they're so smart and they're so used to doing all of their conversations 
with their mobile phones. So put your mobile phone down and come back to the uh, interpersonal skills. That's first and foremost, the most important thing. Second one, stop relying purely on your transcript. Listen, congratulations if you're a 3.5 or a 3.8 or a 4.0, whatever that is. And from whatever school you came from, we get it. You're super smart. But guess what? There's competition out there. And for every 4.0, there's a thousand other 4.0s out there. It's not enough. What we need you to do is really dig into who you are and how you bring and add value. And a lot of students will say, well, listen, I'm, I'm only 20. I'm only 21. I don't have all that much experience. And I will say, not true. You may have been a camp counselor. You may have had a part-time job at a, at a, at a Starbucks or, uh, or a diner. You have got great stories to tell about how you related to a customer, how you related to a subordinate, how you related to the boss that you worked for in any of those places. And by humanizing yourself and telling us about the lessons that you learned there and how they helped you evolve as an employee or a human being becomes invaluable when you're storytelling about yourself to a potential employer. Because an employer will look and say, wow, this is a young person who has really evolved and understands it's not just about them wanting to get a job. It's about them really wanting to fit in to the culture of our company. So you want to do that about yourself. And then you want to do some research about that potential employer and really know what they're about so you can speak to working for them on a really high level. So again, the person on the other side of the desk can't help but sit back and say, well, this is really meaningful to them. They really took the time to look at our last quarter results, the products that we've launched that are really good, or what the employee morale is like within our company. Because companies don't just want somebody who is going to sit at a desk all day long, stare at a screen, and not bring anything more to the company. They want to bring in people who add to the overall fabric and culture of the company. And the way you show someone you can do that is by storytelling about your life up to now and how you can relate to working for that company. Super important. Well, thank you, Glenn, for a great conversation this morning. I feel like I could talk with you for another three hours, but I want to be conscious of your time. Um, to wrap up here, just tell our listeners uh, where they can find you online, whether that's on social media or your business's website. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So uh, you see my name up above here, Always Been Creative. That's the website, alwaysbeencreative.com. So you can write to me there, Glenn at alwaysbeencreative.com. I'm constantly on LinkedIn. I contribute there as much as I can. I'm always posting. And that's Glenn with two N's rooted. And you can find me. Love to connect with you there. And uh, last place that I'm very, very active on would be Instagram. And that's Glenn, two N's, underscore, R-U-D-I-N, underscore, message, underscore, master. I'm really active on all these platforms. I love connecting. I love helping. If there's questions you have that I can help you with, please feel free to get in touch with me. It would be a great pleasure to meet you and offer some help. Thanks so much, Andrew. Thank you, Glenn. This was great. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back with another episode on Thursday.